the Podjectivity Network. I've been holding on to this article in my phone since September 17th. Do you remember? 2020. 2020? Yeah, well, ancient history, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm so glad Like 2020 <laughs> is over. Me too. That's so bad. Uh, <laughs> a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, Mark G, sent me an article. Uh, South Park was going to make a COVID special. Yeah. And Didn't they? I think, well, they did. And they've made a second one, too. And oh. now they've, God damn those guys, their profit motive, they moved their catalog off of Comedy Central, oh. accessible by Hulu, and now it's an HBO property. Because uh, who wouldn't, if HBO offered you a bazillion dollars, you'd take it. Of course. So, but, so I, I can't blame them. Uh, but I didn't see the COVID special or the second special or anything. But Cracked magazine do you, do you guys remember cracked yeah it magazine? was like mad magazine kind of it sat right next to mad on the sh- shelf at the yeah. store and it was always the junior like their uh logo was like a blonde guy in like a painter's cut get up right okay like a white hat cracked blonde hair i don't remember S- that sort of a, a ripoff of alfred e newman i remember Whatever. alfred well Whatever Cracked Magazine was, mm-hmm. or or even is now, I'm just going to read this article and credit it to Cracked. Okay. Or, or portion, uh, until you get the feel. Maybe we don't need to hear from South Park right now. Since Trey Parker and Matt Stone presumably aren't super great at developing vaccines, they've instead gone back to work on their long-running cartoon series. Later this month, Comedy Central will air South Park one-hour pandemic special, the first of its kind since nobody in 1918 bothered to invent cable television. Okay. This guy's really going for it. It's almost hard to follow. He's the, angry. The Is that irony with like the... He's just okay. mad. And I, I don't want to slant it, but it's pretty obvious what this guy thinks. But do we really... Need to see the South Park guys' take on anything that's happening right now? Historically, the show's conspicuous moralizing hasn't always stood the test of time. Several of South Park's pointed satirical arguments have tactlessly bungled some of today's most pressing issues. Tactlessly? Yeah. Has he ever seen? Like, that's what South Park is about. This is obviously working. Okay. Tactlessly. Take police brutality. In 2015, the episode Naughty Ninjas tackled police violence following the protests in Ferguson, but mostly sidestepped the issue of race altogether. For a story in which the town abolishes cops and Officer Barbrady accidentally shoots a child in the arm. (laughs) Scrolling. Doing an episode about police brutality without directly addressing racism is a little like making the movie Walk the Line and omitting the character of Johnny Cash. <laughs> then there were the episodes. What about it, in the movie, though, when Chef and the Black Guys formed Operation Black Shield? 
Yeah, that's in the movie, right? As you just said. Yeah, but they made they addressed racism and Operation Human Shield. Yeah. Operation Human Shield with all the black guys out front. Chef was. I'd say they addressed it. You know, to their credit, to their mm. great credit. Then there were the episodes that have been criticized for being transphobic. Last year's Board Girls, and before that, Mr. Garrison's fancy new vagina, which equated gender confirmation surgery with a Dr. Moreau-like dolphinoplasty operation, which is, um, horrifying. Their 2006 episode, Man Bear Pig, I totally remember that one, preached that the biggest problem with climate change was not the devastating environmental catastrophe, but former Vice President Al Gore's whiny alarmism. It was a take so bad, they devoted an entire episode to recanting that thesis 12 years later. Hmm. So when the show has historically shit the two-dimensional bed covering objects that are of such dire importance, why should we trust Parker and Stone to apply the same misguided, self-righteous filter to matters concerning the goddamn pandemic? It's not just that South Park has held cultural opinions that wouldn't fly today. We all have. But they packaged their views as moral imperatives and beamed them into millions of homes across the world. I think he doesn't understand South Park. In these particularly volatile times, when potentially life-saving scientific truths are being questioned, often loudly in the aisles of Costco, South Park's brand of sardonic centrism would conceivably make things worse. We don't need, for example, mandatory masking laws or lockdown initiatives becoming the fodder for some reductive tale of man-bear pig-like hysteria. I think it's, God, I hope it's almost over. It is. We're almost there. South Park is a tough show to criticize because so often its intended purpose is to offend. But some of us grew up with this show, got in trouble for wearing They Killed Kenny t-shirts to school, and were not offended. We're just bored. Besides, the best thing South Park guys ever did was pioneer the great sport of basketball. This guy is just a South Park hater. And that's where it ends. What did you think? Any other reaction? It's weird that it was in Cracked Magazine. Interesting. Shut your fucking face, uncle fucker. I think... I don't understand the point of that. South Park has never cared what anyone thinks about them generally. Correct. And Correct. They make, oh, this is going to be such a great segue. I cannot wait. They just make fun of... Well, this will be interesting because they make fun of the things that nobody can make fun of. How do they not get canceled? Week to week, it's literally ripped from the headlines. It is whatever the biggest story is that week. And they crank out an episode mm-hmm. in a span of days and get it on the air while the thing is still percolating on twitter and whatnot so whatever it is what anything. was it was it the what virus was it they were talking about where everyone was sick and they're like oh no i'm only have a 98 percent chance to survive go on stan that wasn't that wasn't covid it was it was like bird flu or like uh but yeah it was uh, uh sars maybe mm-hmm. sars feels like something south park would go yeah on. and it was like give everyone a can of miller light yeah. A bottle of chicken soup and they'll be fine. Or, yeah. It was like yeah. they make fun that's their thing. Right. That's what well, they're, they're also known for. Great song and dance men. Let's not forget that. Yes. I mean, 
They're mu- this yeah, guy- this guy, I just read a screed against them. Let's let's praise them a little bit. Please, continue. Well, how do you explain their untouchableness? Man, 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 man. man. I mean... That's not South Park. That's yes, it is. them, it's the isn't same it? same guy. It's same guys, but different movie, okay. right? Or well, that's Gasmo, a, it's- I want to make. I want to give this some reason to being in the pod, first of all. Okay. And then we'll go on praising Matt and Trey. Everything we talked about, the whole canceling... And the whole uh, unpopular opinions thing, uh-huh. and all that, and it's like they're immune to it. Or the something. mandate, the the mandate for Taylor Swift, or the lack of a mandate to speak out, to lead, to whatever. Yeah. What, what? How do we want to put that? Court controversy. I don't want to short. I don't want to shortchange you. Uh, the point. Okay. All the stuff that we talked about. Mm-hmm. I find this to be. I I've, I've had it for months. And I find it to be a good uh, vessel to carry the message in hmm. that I think I'm trying to get across. And so this headline, whenever it's on my little browser and I swipe past it, uh-huh. but never swipe it away, <laughs> maybe we don't need to hear from South Park right now. What happened to just, well, how about you don't watch it then? Uh huh. And it can just end right there. Hmm. It it that's all. I see your point. That's been completely lost. You if if LeBron James and all of his good works and his founding of a school or schools, his amazing beard, his amazing <laughs> restoration of his hair game. He had some the really bad restoration. Had some really bad gaps up there, but. This season, it's it's a lot fuller. The I, he's full doing body tattoo there. over his chiseled muscles, mm. including chosen one across his back shoulder. Wow. Okay. So, however, I, mean, I have that as well. On <laughs> right, my, it's smaller though. It's like between my shoulder blades. <laughs> is right. it a tramp whole. stamp? Is that where it <laughs> is? It's kind of a dude tramp stamp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ouch. <laughs> if. Some commentator mm-hmm. says, shut up and dribble. Well, just don't listen to her. And now I'm making a motion of like pinching the fingers together, pulling the hands apart, <laughs> and an extended gesture of just... Shut up. Silence. Yeah. If if she says, shut up and dribble, well, just don't listen. She didn't get if canceled, she doesn't like though. LeBron's, If she doesn't like LeBron's message, just don't listen to it. Ah. Uh. That applies in virtually... Live and let live. This is what you're saying. Virtually every situation we talked about tonight mm-hmm. and has been completely lost. Just live and let live. Whatever Gina Carano put on Twitter, if if she said something about equating Jews to how it's okay to hate Republicans now because of Trump and whatever, and if she thinks the election was hijacked, just don't listen to her. You just you don't have to listen. You don't have to care so deeply what she thinks. Mm. Uh, it, Colin Kaepernick knelt during the national anthem. Uh, oh, I don't care. I just I don't have to listen to him. I just in, don't care. So, are you saying investing a great deal into what people think is just a big mistake? To the level we've taken it, mm-hmm. it feels like a mistake. Uh, I was in Half Price Books last night. Fun. 
satisfying my incurable vinyl addiction. Oh, in my buying old, more in my old age. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah, good, good haul, good haul. But even better, <laughs> while I was dominating the vinyl rack, there were two clerks. The one guy in the seat by the door where the hand sanitizer is. Why was he sitting? to welcome you? Oh, well, because what? it's COVID. I, okay, I used to work there. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. The East Side one? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's pandemic, Chris, and there's an arrow. <laughs> A series of arrows on the floor that tell you where the traffic pattern is. I never follow you the arrows. You circulate in a counterclockwise direction. I ignore Coming them. in through the comics, Mm-mm. going through the children's area, past the video racks, into the nonfiction. And you work your way up to the vinyl rack and then you don't move until Lori says she's got too many books to carry. We have to leave. Okay. That's funny. There was a clerk by the door at the hand sanitizer and temperature taking station. And the clerk from the purchase desk wandered over to him and they got into a discussion about guess what? We're in a bookstore. The Dr. Seuss business. Okay. Have you guys, are we familiar with the Dr. Seuss I thing? Know. And before you answer, I will be incredulous and disappointed if you guys are not all over this this is all i heard that said what do you know about it the only thing i heard is that five books of his were taken off the market Uh uh-huh that's all i know i knew he was kind of racist or anti-semitist have you heard that too i I heard it like through the years but not like i have i don't i haven't been tuning into the news so we we've heard maybe the same buzz what what do you know about it dude here's what i'll say about it when you were young and your heart was an open book, you used to say, Live and let live. You know you did, you know you did, you know you did. But if this ever changing world in which we live in makes you give in and cry. Oh, no, no. Say, live and let die. Live and let. Chris said, live and let so, live earlier. Dr. Seuss, what do you. Oh, yeah. You're a children's literature savant of some measure. <laughs> savant? Uh, I, I, I'm an admirer and an appreciator of. I definitely love, uh, like Shel Silverstein's one of my favorite just mm-hmm. artists, period. Mm-hmm. And was a guy whose career spanned Playboy magazine to The Giving Tree. You know, who else does that, man? <laughs> <laughs> That's range, baby. And in elementary school poetry, every single kid reads Shel Silverstein. Poetry. I'm getting eaten by a boa constrictor. 70 years later. Sarah Cynthia Sylvia Stout. But what? Would yeah. not take the What do you know about out? Dr. Seuss? But that, that, and what do you know about what's going on right now? I know that it's a sim. You know what I equate it to in my mind is like the classic Disney films. Some mm. of the classic Disney films, like maybe Dumbo. Yep, or, I just read something about that this week. Too. Yeah, that oh, are I that, didn't like Turner Classic Movies is having to take a look at the catalog. Movies like Gone with the Wind. Um, Why? That's the first one because because there's like there are stuff in it. There's depictions. a black maid tying up the corset of a white privileged person. And sort of stereotypical mm. uh, representations of that are k- 
caricature and equivalent to like blackface almost. Okay. Just tone deaf culturally. Mm. Sure. 30s movie making, pretty cartoonishly. So. Yeah. They're I time, want to stick with Dr. Seuss. But these, I want to drag you it's into the It's a time capsule, topic. essentially. It's yeah. just it's a, a time but capsule. It's a, I guess it's a time capsule that is kind of dark, if you're honest about it. It's people being sensitive to it and, and talking about what makes them uncomfortable shouldn't mm-hmm. be dismissed. Have you Googled? Even if it seems like overreaction or, geez, get over your sensitivity. I mean, it's just a kid's book or whatever. Do you share our... Somewhere in the culture notion that he is like anti-Semitic. And I've was heard like that. Yeah. A sympathizer of some kind, maybe even. I've I don't know. That. I it don't, feels like I have. I've heard it, but I don't know the personal. details. Okay. Have you? I read a biography on Dr. Seuss, so I could go on at some length. But I'm I sitting don't know. here asking you if you have any <laughs> hot takes about Dr. Seuss. I know, by the way, I read a biography. <laughs> no, I think right, of him. But no. I think of him as sort of in the in the same category as a Jim Henson type uh-huh. of figure. True. And, and that one of the things that I loved about him was he didn't just write these brilliant books and poetry. He People would send him, because he had these fantastic drawings of creatures, mm-hmm. exotic horns, like the s- s- spiraled horns to that ins- were... To inspire him to... Because he was a collector, and what he would do is he would make a plaster mount of like one of his Grinchy type of weird heads with the bug eyes, and then affix horns from like an African impala onto it, and that would just be in his lounge or his study. And then write about it and call it like a (laughs) A Kalamazoo or or whatever. Exactly. Okay. So, yeah, the works that got culled from the herd. There's mm-hmm. one that is, uh, If I Ran the Zoo. Okay. Remember that one? I do, barely. A little boy telling his dad like what he would do if he owned the zoo. He goes to all corners of the globe. Uh-huh. And in one of those corners, yes. because the earth is flat, in one of those corners of the globe. <laughs> uh, it's kind of more rectangular, but go on. There's a bunch of Asian dudes carrying like a cage on their back uh-huh. with this gorgilla, gorzilla gagoo. Creature. That was, okay. Let me Gorzilla, try Gorzilla Gazoo. I think it was Gorzilla Gazoo. Gorzilla Gazoo. They're carrying the Gorzilla Gazoo <laughs> in the cage. Good job at 10.05 p.m. And at the top of the cage is a white guy with like a musket who is a hunt. You know, he's a hunter. So the guys carrying the, the cage are uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's cartoonishly uh, Chinese or whatever. Okay. I'll even use the word oriental there's a that, long and interesting I story about that i don't think you can use that word anymore do i need to take that back i'm not sure oh my god this, ha- get us this a, happened to me 25 years there's ago. a word there's a word called orientalism okay and i think there's a lot about asian americans being prejudiced against lately in the time that dr seuss wrote those books you could safely call that region of the world the orient and it wasn't an no more insult wasn't no an insult then? Right, but no mass was it an insult then no idea okay. no i don't you weren't there i don't was i wasn't I. there don't know and i'm but terrible now, with history to say that the broader far east is the orient is totally like horrible i don't think you do that anymore okay asia we might have to get into that later we need some but education up in here right now. We need a little documentary action or something. And then the other book was, uh, I happened to see it on Mulberry Street. I know that book. And I'm not as versed at what the problematic stuff in it was. 
Um, just the one about the zoo stands out. Yeah. It's, so, it's a striking image, and I Googled it. Yeah. I don't know what about Mulberry Street was... Do you want to Google it? ...was, like, unsavory. Can I have your phone? I'll, I'll look it up. So these guys at Half Price Books are talking, and the general theme was a guy from somewhere, maybe Texas, called Half Price Books and wanted to know if they had any copies of these books... And he bought, I believe he bought one off of them for $150. What? Yes. So so somebody wants what's kind of a quasi-banned book now. There's a kind of a banned book. Somebody calls, I, and I, I hope I'm getting it right, but shit, none of you were there. So it. the point is, sold it. The clerk's take on the guy was pretty unsavory, that he was, you know, he, he wasn't coming right out and saying what the guy was, but he he's made him sound pretty unsavory. And then behind my mask and eyebrows, I was like, but you sold it to him, so you didn't mind that. You didn't ah, mind selling it to the guy. But I just, I was being quiet. And so... As they talked about it, and they did just what we did here a second ago. It was like, well, have you seen this? And yeah, it's what happened on Mulberry Street, so on and so on. And if I own the zoo, and they talked over the imagery a little bit. And uh, one of the clerks was like, well, that's surprising. You know, it's uh, it's really surprising. What do they come for next? Our crumb. So there's another shifting of gears. We all know who our crumb is, right? Yeah, the cartoon guy. But keep on quirky. trucking. The keep Quir- on trucking. Super quirky. Peaceful dude with the big foot out. Uh, Janis Joplin album covers. Uh, lots of 60s album covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, subversive comics of the time. It was like uh, Buzz Comics or something like that. Our Crumb. Uh, what's next? Are they going to come for Our Crumb? <laughs> and the, the other guy was like, well, that's satire. Mm. And I raised my eyebrows over my mask and my eyes and eyebrows said well where's the line and who decides and Uh then I went back to looking at records so it was interesting how Hmm. quickly when when the guy when the one clerk mentioned something that was clearly dear to the other clerk how quickly he jumped in and was like well that's satire so that's okay leave it alone and I was just like yeah okay buddy that works at half price books tonight uh-huh. But give, give it six months. Hmm. How do we know our crumbs work doesn't get banned or or called problematic? And my God, if you want to look at somebody's catalog of stuff that's racially and sexually insensitive and inappropriate, oh my God, it's every. The cover of Cheap Thrills is a parade of insulting, insensitive imagery of all kinds, insulting everyone. This is what it says. Yes. About and to think I saw it on Mulberry Street. Oh, please. This book was selected to be pulled from publication because it has outdated portrayals of Asian people. These include descriptions of a character described as Chinese as having slanted eyes, eating bowls of rice, and wearing conical hats. Hmm. It also captions an illustration of a man as a Chinese man who eats with sticks. The book in particular, this section, was actually altered in 1978 by Dr. Seuss... 
Uh, he said, I had a gentleman with a pigtail. I colored him yellow and called him a Chinaman. That's the way things were 50 years ago. In later editions, I refer to him as a Chinese man. I have taken the color out of the gentleman and removed the pigtail, and now he looks like an Irishman. <laughs> hmm. Dr. Seuss Enterprises says the decision to pull Mulberry Street and the other books was made last year after months of internal discussions that took into account the feedback the company was getting from parents, teachers, academics, and specialists in the field. That was just an article. The website is Distractify, which I have no idea what that is. But hmm. this is a... I don't know if this is an answerable question because... I think that's what we're here for. Art is the sign of the times, and we come from bigoted, racist times. Hmm. And it seems like so much will be erased. Gone with the Wind, you said? Yeah. It almost seems like you... If you don't erase it completely from mass consumption, you have to put a disclaimer at the beginning that says this film was made during a time when blah, 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 blah. They already do that on stuff, don't in they? In an effort. Say this sh- c- contains in, uh, material that's indica- ind- indicative uh, of this time yeah, period. Yeah, uh, we do not support... Yes. Blah, 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 blah. We've made donations to blah, 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 blah in an right. effort to blah, blah, blah. So I don't know if people are doing stuff like that, but mm. otherwise everything from 100 years ago will just be continually be erased and erased and erased and yes. erased and erased onward through history. Mm. Because right now I'm sure there's things we're making that are insensitive to something we're not even aware of yet. So we're all going to be erased too. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually. That's a nice, uplifting message for listeners, Chris. <laughs> and, yes. Heavily edited versions of arts and entertainment. Now, anything old can yeah. have that done. And, like, a couple of things that jump to mind for me. Not even that old, just fairly recent. Like, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, has got some problematic portrayals of a man reacting to having kissed a man. Oh, Okay. Like, he burns his clothes and does, like, a Silkwood shower. Ace Ventura? And he, like, puts a plunger on his face. Oh, wow. Because he kissed... Because... He's not gay. It's a really funny physical Einhorn and Finkel. Einhorn and Finkel. Finkel and Einhorn. Finkel and Einhorn. Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn's a man. I kissed a man. And then they cue up the crying game. Oh, Okay. Rips his clothes off and burns them. Yeah, cries in the shower. Which, twenty years ago, we were all like giggling at. And then in the next scene, mm-hmm. smash cut to him and his car. We we were giggling, but people who were gay were not. They're like cringing, cringing, and like Jesus Christ, shame, shame, and yeah. Thank you, popular culture, once again for. And he's sitting in his car, chewing a softball-sized wad of big red. <laughs> To get the taste out of his mouth. So how far? And then he goes, your gun was digging into my hip. How far into the future do you have to go before you're allowed? Sorry for that aside. How far into the future do you have to go before you can allow all the art of that time to be seen? Like Roman times or something where it's like, was part of it offensive? Was part of it wrong? Was part of it bigoted? Was part of it? you know the gladiator shit where you just let people get eaten by lions was mm. were the stories that were told 
against women, like, and all these different ways that people lived and expressed through art. How far ahead do you have to get in years before mm-hmm. you can just say this all existed mm-hmm. and this was the time and you don't delete things because they're still influencing? A hundred years? Two hundred years? I. It's like hard the Bible, to, for instance. It's hard to address because like, I can't believe we're here. But then again, in light of everything we've talked about tonight, the sensitivity level of the culture and how you can't ign- we can't ignore anything. We're trying to delete. We're and we what's can't, that where you cross black sharpie? We're redacting ourselves yes. as we go. Essentially, we're just like, ooh, that's offensive. We're redacting that, and then we're redacting this artist because they're really offensive. They get that's what's happening. We're creating a redacted version of our lives. And whether it's Gina Carano's tweets or a Dr. Seuss book or a South Park pandemic one-hour special. You just, you don't have to watch it. You just don't have to. You can, we live in a culture of infinite influences and sources and, and platforms for entertainment. And there's enough TV shows for God's sakes. We all know this. Everyone can have their own. And none of your friends have seen any of them. Mm -hmm. You and your house can be like, I love these three shows. And we can all do that. And having, we might never see each other's shows ever. There's so many shows. Hmm. So that's one approach is just like, well, you just don't have to consume it then. Do we have to redact it? Now, from the Dr. Seuss point of view, from his estate that wants to sell books, that's the business climate. That's just like it was Hollywood's right to fire Gina Carano. Uh, no, that wasn't Hollywood. That was uh, Disney. Disney. It was Disney's right to fire her if they felt like it because they didn't like her tweets. Because people were outraged and they called for her to be removed. The Dr. Seuss estate has to know that if you want to sell books in this culture, then you've got to look through every last one of them and look for anything that could even be tangentially construed as racist or mm-hmm. insensitive or poorly portrayed. Or and the truth is he was, right? He was racist. He was those well, things. Well, I, I thought I've heard that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's forgiven because his books are classics? So. I don't know. It sounds like from that article, the deep research we did, uh, the the family, the company itself was, didn't it say it was like internally looking at this a year For ago? a while. Yeah. So they realized that in this culture, you better scrub anything. If you want to keep selling all the the books that don't have any, you know, green eggs and ham and mm-hmm. cat in the hat and all that. If you want to keep selling a billion of those a year to another generation of people, you're going to have to, you have to, let's take care of this now. Let's get rid of this now before. Can you imagine though if every. Somebody makes us do it. Every It'll look a lot worse like, if someone makes us do it. Sexist book were removed. Se- sexism. I mean, that's a, that would be like half the books out there. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting form of censorship to see things get censored. Mm-hmm. Is removed from circulation because there's you know I worked in libraries for a while and there was like that became a badge of honor a little bit at some point if he'd been a banned book. You know that's right, book burnings and stuff. Well, yeah, just oh, things that were pr- provocative that were so you know like George Orwell's. 84, 1984 or something that just was, 
it was too I don't know provocative or that's interesting honest because what they did do is they just made it rare so they upped the value on the mm. book by removing it from circulation so the guy calls from another state to try to buy a copy of it yeah for 150 bucks which this guy found on Savory right which and then is, took his credit card number which is weird. okay go ahead and the three digit code <laughs> Isn't that related? <laughs> Thanks for shopping at Half Price Books. And your zip code. And, and this is not, oh my God. <laughs> this is a sign of the times. This is not a statement on Half Price Books or anyone who works there. Those were the two coolest cats, and I enjoyed the discussion thoroughly. Hmm. And then the guy walked back to the counter and showed me this book that was called, it was about like elderly people experiencing animals to, to be happier. Ah. And it was like, but it had this really creep. It had a really creepy, oniony title Ugh. that seemed kind of, uh, well, whatever. He he showed it like to me on his way back. Intimate bonding with your pet. I've got to know what it's called. And he showed me, and we had a laugh. And I was like, yeah. So, and he said, like, so many choices, so many, <laughs> so many ways this could have been avoided. <laughs> and but this is just an honest attempt at this book that's supposed to make people feel good, and mm. it's really creepy and. <laughs> Like leashing your senior or something like that. It was really, it was quite funny. Hmm. So this is not a statement on half price books. There's no better place. Agree. Okay. But it's 2021, so I got to say stuff like that. What were you saying about book burning? And it used to be, but those are books that made you think. Yeah, banned books were kind of like maybe even Harper Lee's work at some point. Like books that just made us reflect on our own injustice got silenced. Mm Mm-hmm. At a certain point, so it was kind of like Seeger we were talking about earlier. Uh, was Catcher Part in the Rye banned in like schools? Are we talking about banned in schools or just like banned? Good question. I don't know what level, but yeah, just we're pulling it out. Pretty that it was here. being censored at uh, the time. Yes, which connected to a another conversation we were having about redacting ourselves as yeah. we're going. We're censoring ourselves as we go. In a McCarthy kind of era, too. And like censoring Dr. Seuss. Subversive message, and are yes. they going to go after Shell? Are they going to go after other artists of another generation that just had, you know, old-fashioned attitudes about things? I don't know. So I couldn't help myself when I checked out. Mm. Uh, I, can't, uh, I said, hey, I couldn't help but overhear the conversation over there. And she knew what I meant. She was standing right there, too. And I was like, I was just over there in the vinyl rack, and there's plenty of problematic things over there. Ah. And I was like, like Amos and Andy, two white guys in blackface. Oh, Lord. Not great. Terrible. And we we had a laugh. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, the album rack over there is just loaded with things that by a very sensitive and woke standard are totally unacceptable. Right. A lot of comedy of the 50s and 60s and 70s. Movie soundtracks. I saw a lot of objective, objective, objectionable. I saw mm. a lot of objectionable imagery on things that could be construed a certain way. But I look at all records the same. They're all beautiful. They're all a piece of something. They're all. They are. They all are what they are. Yeah. And everything is context. If you read the Mulberry Street book to your kids mm-hmm. and you say this was from a different time and then it opens up a, a discussion about racism. Mm-hmm. Great. 
I, I'm flipping through them and I see that Amos and Andy thing and I'm just, I'm kind of mystified. Hmm. Because only in a secondhand store in a place like that can you even see something like that. Yeah. And I think it's pretty obvious, I guess, already that I think art is a incredible window into history and just like history. Is. Yeah. It's ugly and filled with mayhem and persecution and unspeakable deeds mm -hmm. for eons. But art is a great reflection of its time. And just to see something like two smiling jackasses in blackface on an album cover is just, huh, that's where we were once. Yeah. This And it was on the radio, so why were they in blackface? But maybe just for the... <laughs> Maybe just for the photo shoot. For each other. Maybe just for the cover shoot. Yeah, maybe it helped him sell, like, the what's my motivation, you know? Well, I'm a jackass pretending to be black, so mm. it would help if you... Mm. I don't know. Uh, that one is the one... There was other stuff that was problematic. I can't... None of it comes to mind quite like the two guys in blackface. Can I go back around for half a second? Please. Why do you think South Park... I'm not leaving tonight, why so do you let's think, just keep talking. Why do you think South Park gets a pass? In, great question. Why do they have the Dave Chappelle armor? It's because Are they're they grandfathered first, in? It's because their first thing was Jesus against Santa. I think that's that was their first entree, right, into the business, mm. was this underground video of Jesus versus Santa. Wasn't it? Do you guys remember I'm going to just declare you right because it sounds right. I, I'm. They started not going to Google it off the bat. Mm -hmm. Taboo, no problem. Mm -hmm. That was that was their starting point, and mm -hmm. they just went up from there. Anything yes. taboo, they took it on. Anything. Why do they have the armor? Talent is part of it. Mm -hmm. They're really funny. That's their whole thing. I think. It's because they don't apologize. Ooh. And, be and because next week they just do another one. That's interesting. They've never apologized ever for what they do. The huh. one, the one. They've also made out with each other. Have they? In an extended sort of tongue. Was that just basketball? May have been. Yeah. I think it was. Just. Mm. And it was as absurd as it was. It was a Sasha Baron Cohen level. Commitment. Almost of a commitment to when he was wrestling with that fat, hairy dude mm. in Borat. You know, you just... Memories. <laughs> Anything for the laugh. You know, mm. those guys will... Thanks for making me think about that again. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. Thank you. Also, when they showed up to that award... It might have been Orgasmo that they made Orgasmo. Might have been. When they showed up to the award ceremony looking like total jackasses in dresses, the uh -huh. J-Lo dress. Oh, yeah, and yeah. So it's almost like they don't give a shit what you think. Also, they don't give a shit how they movie. appear. They just, it's sort of like the joke's on us, the joke's on them, the joke's on everybody. everybody. There feels That feels very, there's an important lesson in there somewhere. Mm, what is it? That... They put out an episode, and we'll get to the Muhammad thing in a second, uh -huh. but they put out an episode. Mm -hmm. It causes a whole bunch of flap. All the groups you'd expect after you watch it, you go, oh my God. Yeah. These four groups are going to go bonkers tomorrow <laughs> on Twitter. And they do. Yeah. But then 
six days and 23 hours later, there's just another one about something else that's equally savage and rollicking fun <laughs> and a hilarious look at how stupid we all are. Right. How fucking dumb we are or how lazy we are or how entitled we are or how we got, we're just out of problems. Are we just out of problems? Their, their take. They don't apologize. Does South Park or either of those guys have a Twitter account? Oh, have, I don't know. Because maybe they just don't engage. As a popular podcaster, I should probably be on Twitter. But Ugh. I don't know. I'm against I, it. I, 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 I don't know. I'm not sure what it's for anymore. Twitter. Right. For me, it's a question of how many social media platforms do you need? You know, for the younger generation, I'm sure they could they could justify any number of them. But for me, like limiting the amount of connection that I have with the cyber communities mm. is just a way also to keep me grounded in, I mean, as much as you can during a pandemic, actual connection with people. You might be right about that. Dave Chappelle doesn't apologize either. No. No way. He, and... And he smokes on stages where he's not supposed to smoke. If you don't yeah. get it, I'm sorry for you, but I have another show next week. I'm busy, yep. so... He comes out and he, he looks it right in the eye through mm. his massive following yeah. on Netflix and just... There's something lays it out there, keeps it coming. Kind of genius in won't, that. Won't change it. I love the fact that he's this part. Like I think he spent part of his his development in DC, and those were the first comic, you know, the places where he did comedy. Mm -hmm. But then he also had this Ohio. Is it Ohio? Yep. Yep. Side where like his parents were. That's where he lives now. Professors. Yeah, and it brought him back there. So he's and, got, it's yeah. a weird combination of like Midwestern America, urban DC perspective. It really gives him a broad oh, man. understanding. He but, has in the Sticks and Stones thing, and mm -hmm. I promise we're not going to take this to two hours of talking about comedians. <laughs> but in the Sticks and Stones special that got okay. all okay. sorts of fucking heat mm. from all the people you'd expect to get heat from because he goes after everybody in some fashion. Mm -hmm. uh, the story of uh, Juicy Smoulier, <laughs> the French actor who also happens to be black and gay. Who's uh -huh. Juicy? Come on now. How he was assaulted mm -hmm. by two guys in MAGA He faked hats. it though, right? Okay. And then the point of the story, though, is that when that happened... Black people knew it was bullshit. The black community was eerily quiet. <laughs> so, and I'm sorry for the Dave Chappelle impression. So quiet that the gay community accused the black community of being anti-gay. But what they didn't understand is that we were supporting him with our silence. Because we knew he was lying. <laughs> and he does it better. I still got to laugh, though. He does it way better. Can you just... Sometimes you just don't say anything about something. Mm. Maybe. Did I just bring it all the way back to Taylor Swift? 
that sometimes you just don't say anything? <laughs> I think that should be the title of her next hit song. And just let it be silent? Hmm. And just don't pay attention? And just don't engage? And Maybe. just don't have a hot take or a say or a demand or a something say, like that? Say, say, say what you want, but don't play games with dance affection. I was just getting ready to snap my fingers there. <laughs> I pray, pray, pray every day that you see things. Girl, I got you. Get it there. Get it through to you. Girl, I love you. Baby, baby. Standing here. Baptizing all my tears. Baptizing You know I'm crying. So we're going to have to come next episode and talk about middle-aged dreams. We tangented. That's what I was just trying to form that up. We tangented so hard immediately into juicy stuff. Well, I was trying just now to bring all, to find a phrase to bring all of this nonsense back to. Well, it has to do with adjusting your perception I feel like people want to put blinders on in their own lives and in the society around them. Like they're redacting their own lives, Mm. lying to themselves essentially about where they came from, who they are, what their goals were, whether they did or didn't meet them, and the fact that they have to adjust their goals now. It's a different age. It's a different time. Their needs are different. But you can't do anything with that heavily edited reality Hmm. you know I know there's a way I know there's a thread Hmm. that pulls everything we talked about because it started with you asking that yeah and you were like can I get a little lead time can I get like maybe 30 minutes to think about it more than 27 (laughs) seconds that it took you to ask the question right and then my mouth was Resting on the tabletop. (laughs) And then when I picked my mouth back up and put it on and was able to say something, Mm -hmm. somehow it got steered into how much can you forgive from a person for what they believe and how they act and generations. The generations before us and how we forgive the individual people in our lives so that we can have a relationship with them before they die. But we're so unwilling to forgive Dr. Seuss for writing books that are just from a different time. Right? So your question about how are your dreams and goals evolving now Mm. that you're 47 or 48 Mm -hmm. detoured into that entire exploration of Hmm. what you just heard. Yeah. And I wrote it down then. So I wish we had a better way to sew this back together. I think we're kind of doing it, though. You never ever were And you never shed a tear You're saying that my love ain't real Look at my face, the tears are crying. 
so I wrote it down right when this came up at first. And we talked about Roger Nath was born in the 40s or 50s and all that. Is And then civil rights movement. Like, that's kind of a big thing to happen when you're like 20 <gasps> or whatever. Is sure. forgiveness redacting? Is that what forgiveness is? But no. No, it's not. Because you're basically like if your dad's a prejudiced jerk, but he took good care of you. You kind of delete that unsavory part out so that you no, can build disagree. a relationship. With on... your own words. No, you forgive that. Do you? Don't you? redact it. It's part of the guy. He's still the guy. But you can forgive that mm-hmm. when it's your dad. And uh, you're not but black. But go on. Yeah. And a woman. <laughs> but in the larger culture, there's no reason to forgive. Do, do we have to redact and delete everything? Or do we forgive ourselves for 70 years ago we weren't as evolved? No person... Can we acknowledge? Our, no person okay. influences you more most likely than your parents right so if we can forgive them why can't we forgive the larger culture the the contributors it's more personal yeah personal i don't know why can't we i'm not saying we should but i'm just saying it's a good question well hold on now don't act like making peace with your parents is always necessarily an easy process it's not i didn't before my dad died it took me years after he died to make peace Right. So I know you guys are in a different boat, but it does take work. Not easy. Hmm. Yeah. So you're asking about evolving goals and dreams. Mm-hmm. And how it compares how it compared to our parents' journey looking at and number one, like in huge seventy two point font. Mm-hmm. The generation before us was evolving even a thing. My for my parents it was. Where where was evolving in the handbook in the fifties and forties and my parents were born in the thirties for God's sakes. Well, where was evolving then? Evolving out of being either a nurse, a teacher, or a nun. Okay, would have been my mom's generation. Evolving out of generation before that, and you're almost to the generation of women. Suffragettes. Right. Mm-hmm. Evolve for my dad. It would have been evolving out of working class depression era of his parents into uh, white collar okay. work. So, but in terms of the emotional component and the spiritual evolution, yeah, not talk total, about not all on, the evolution the that radar. happened in people's attitudes towards other races and attitudes towards women and attitudes towards. That came. Anything. It came during and the Vietnam era. It came during their lifetime, evolving out of rigid, strict, conservative views into, "Hey, man, this war is wrong. We disagree with government." Like that whole separating from authority. That evolution happened, and then seeing inequality existed. That evolution happened. So maybe it was like a cultural evolution, but the personal evolution came with our generation. Right. We're the ones asking the questions, how do I be a better person? How do I raise my kids so they know they're loved? How do I abandon the parts of my religion that I don't agree with? You know, how do I evolve 
That's our question, not our parents' questions. Right. No, our parents' question was more, how can I not upset my elders? Right. There you yeah. go. You know, and we, they hadn't been betrayed in, in a, on a level in the same way that our parents were and traumatized by the war. And Maybe we that's certainly part have never faced a draft. Yeah, the trauma of a draft. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Bill's pile, sky high, send that boy off to die. Mm-hmm. You know, people were being sent off to die. Yeah. Throughout, yeah. So, Our parents' youth, which mm-hmm. is, what a nightmare. What a fucking nightmare. So how can you ask someone who grew up in the 30s or the 40s to... At the snap of my fingers, mm-hmm. you will adopt all of these attitudes about everything. And by the way, they're completely different from what you were raised with mm-hmm. for the 60 years before, or the 40 years before I came along. You can't. But now that we're here, get in line. Believe all, evolve and grow, and believe everything that is in the current norm. Well, I feel like there's a component of wanting to stop the influence of certain things. That's why they're trying to put the kibosh on Dr. Seuss's most racist creations. Mm. They don't want it to continue influencing the current culture. If I may. What a field day for the heat. Thousand people in the street. Young people speak in their mind Are getting so much resistance From behind I think it's time Stop Hey, hey, what's that sound? Everybody was going down I get that impression Whoa. of wanting to stop the influence of something. It's like a toxic rain it's like like a purple ray. Okay, so, oh. you want to stop the influence as mm. much as you can. So I understand the impulse to try to remove all this art that might be influencing malleable minds. But it is the same story as book burning in a little bit because you assume that there's not some figure saying, "Hey, this is history." Context. Context, Context kid. Let's learn something from it. Yes. Which totally discounts our intelligence and influence of, yeah. that we currently have. It's not like kids are going to the library and then becoming prejudiced without an adult because they learn. Go from pick a whatever racist book you want out, and I won't be any part of the process. No, so, of course you're getting those things for your kids and Seuss is the other thing that makes this difficult I'm sorry but he's so he's associated with bringing so much joy into people's life the Grinch yeah like Jim Henson he's so beloved he's so beloved that yeah to hear him sort of his legacy pilloried yeah in the public square yeah caned it feels it's hard not to take it personally and be like, oh, yeah, but... Right. Cut him some slack. He's thing one and thing two. It's <laughs> different, too, than Michael Jackson, where the the content of his art was not damaging. It's the character of the person that was damaging. Is the work damaging? Because he's gone. 
Mm. What's left is his work. Mm. And it's sort of like, I guess it's not exactly the opposite. With Michael Jackson, it's one out of two. But with Dr. Seuss, it's two out of two. Mm. Character Mm. and content. Mm. (laughs) Some of it. I'm going to pause it. Start start with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. No message could have been any clearer. Want to make the world a better place? What do you have to do? Look at yourself and make, make a change. So when those guys at Half Price Books were talking about Dr. Seuss, uh, these two hipsters, <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to, but I didn't. Kept my mouth shut. But I wanted to weigh in with the grizzled old dad take. Which was like... Did you use that Simpsons voice? The Reverend Lovejoy voice? Yeah. <laughs> yes, with an if. No, with a but. Uh, oh, I wanted to wade in with the old grizzled dad take, which mm. is like, can we just read a handwritten and illustrated book to our three-year-old and uh. just... Can you just trust us to handle it? Yeah. Can you just, can you, can you trust? While I'm with my child, please. Can you trust anybody? Fuck yourself. Can we just trust everybody to just handle it? Yeah. And some people will handle it poorly, to be sure. But a vast, vast cross-section of people are just going to handle it fine. (laughs) And if their three-year-old points at that, picture and ask what's that you can explain to him like well that's a pretty uh shabbily drawn chinese person and you know these days that wouldn't fly mm-hmm. but this book is from like 1930 so and then you turn the page and the kid's like oh i get it i understand kids are remarkably uh woke kids are remarkably perceptive of what's okay and what's not when we just tell him i did a little bit of this with my son because he was studying the gold rush and every article is about what the men did the men came the men panned for gold the men created these towns the men did this and then there's one little paragraph about what happened to the women when the men left across the united states to go pan for gold the women cared for the businesses. The women took care of the family. The women mm. did all the uh, the things required. And I was like, he was trying to piece together the facts to write his essay. And I'm like, all of your facts are about what the men did. Do you want to include a little bit about what the women did? I know there's only this little tiny paragraph, hmm. but why is there only one paragraph about this? Because they were a part of that time, too. But I feel like, yeah, that's what you do as a parent. If you're an involved parent, you take it, what's presented to you. You provide a narrative, provide context. That's just what you do. Yeah. Hopefully. And and if you don't do it, great teachers do that, too. Right? Mm. Or great librarians do it. Right. It takes a village, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there is an element of trust that's missing. Right. 
There's an element of, can we just leave each other alone? And even if everyone in every single household doesn't handle it exactly the way you'd like to see it handled. Yeah. We're going to, we'll, we'll probably be okay. It's lost. It's gone. But we, we come from white privilege where we probably are okay. And there's lots of people that probably aren't okay. And they're the ones that are depicted in those illustrations. So I don't know. It's, it's a toughie. So redact them. I'm not saying that either. Or are we too hung up and fixated on this catalog of work? Should we just flush it entirely and listen to new voices? I don't know. Part Should of it is... Just flush Cat in the Hat and Green Eggs and Ham and all that? Like, we don't... I don't really like If kids books. didn't know about it, would it bother them? Did you them? say you don't really like Dr. Seuss? I don't like Cat in the Hat and I don't like Green Eggs and Ham. So... Oh. There! I said it! So if they were gone, would it affect anyone that they never knew the story of the cat in the hat or the green eggs in the ham. So do we just, just flush it all? I, you know, I don't care. the fortunate thing, I guess, in this case, a silver lining perhaps, is that he had such a robust body of work mm-hmm. and did so much inspired stuff mm. that you can remove some titles, even those that some yes. people consider classics, and you still get a very broad appreciation for like, you know, what the guy represented and, yeah. and his voices, you know, his craft is on display and many other titles that are still available to you and have been turned into movies and have been made into pajamas, sold at Target, you know. As you probably derived from reading his biography, mm. uh, his books, and this is going to be great when Chris gets back and tells us why she hates these stories, but the books aren't just a story, a two-dimensional story. They are a very, very four-dimensional story in a four-dimensional world that you go into. And in a bizarre way, the stories all seem to kind of exist in this same universe. That somehow the the cat in the hat gang exist on a planet or in a universe with the green eggs and ham guys and the Lorax gang, the way they're all drawn, they all share this common like DNA that they all, this it's an entire world. And it's just each book is a, now I sound like some kind of youth literature critic or something, but each book is just a slice of that world Sure, his that, surreal vision that exists even after you close the book. Oh my God, I sound like a critic, but that's what it—that's what it's like, though. Is it's so maybe it maybe that's why we're sitting here talking about getting rid of a few problematic images and t- to service that, or or maybe we need to get rid of him entirely and make room for new voices. Oh uh, no, no, no! Look, let's not lose our mind here. I mean, he, he's because. Not just because that's a sentimental thing, but mm. I think you could just almost as objectively as you can in art mm. look at his style and say, now there's a distinct kind of yeah. individual, you know, who you don't mistake his work for anybody else's. And, and can you, the, the reverence and the place that people hold those stories in, you can't force that on people. And the fact that he was able to... It captures every, every yeah. new generation of kids, zaps into that world. Yeah. Just like they did 
eons ago. It, it it's it's universal. It speaks to kids on their level without condescending to them on in a way too. Ooh. I think that is part of what made Shel Silverstein so effective for me is that there was a slyness and a sort of wink running through a lot of his work like you know and oftentimes he would he would hint at and discuss subject matter that was pretty deep shit for kids but weave it into a charming poem with an interesting drawing or whatever fucking grinch chris yeah what what don't you like about dr seuss now that we've glorified the guy to the sky uh that he's more than an author and what what this is an interesting take a psychedelic visionary. I liked the Grinch. Okay. Uh, what don't you like about the cat in the hat? Um. Oh, I have a problem with repetitive rhyming. Hmm. Okay. It just irks me a little bit. Fair. Sounds like a poetic complaint. I think so. His illustrations were fine. Um. I didn't necessarily like the character of the cat in the hat. Hmm. I can get with that. Green eggs and ham. Just so much repetition. I don't like reading it. I feel like I like books that I enjoy reading out loud to my Ah. kids. And it just wasn't... Do you think you would have enjoyed them more if they would have been without text and just based on the visual work? Do you give him at least props for that and that he... Created cool, surreal landscapes and fun creatures. I like creatures. the creativity of the illustrations. I liked more... Um, when I was a kid, I loved Yertle the Turtle. I liked the message of Yertle the Turtle. I liked the one with all the feathers coming out the butt. <laughs> what was that? It wasn't the Sneetches, well, Dan knows all it? about that. Uh, I'm, for all of my raving about him, I don't have a great deal of specific critique. There's good... I, it might have been the Sneetches. I can get with you on a few things, though. There's some... I like the pictures. I li- I liked his illustrations. Yeah. I didn't like the super rhymey ones. I like the mm. more... There's a moral here, and I'm going to tell it in a really interesting way, stories. I like those uh, without the pitter-patter of like, I do not like them, Sam, I am. I do not like them in a house. I do not like them with a mouse. I'm just like, shoot me now. I just am done with this book. I can't wow. read it. One fish, two fish, red you're fish, a, blue fish, bleh. No. You're a monster. Eh? I'm, I'm tweeting right now. I like Shel Silverstein. To my, to my vast Twitter following. But Shel Silverstein um, doesn't rhyme that hard. Hashtag Podmother. <laughs> Maybe you're not the audience <laughs> for Cat in the Hat. Or... No, swipe that. Let me start again. (laughs) Hashtag Podmother. Mm. Maybe you're not the audience of Green Eggs and Ham. Mm. Maybe that's for your three-year-old. Hashtag Intolerant Much. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag Hateful Much. There's no... I see why people do it. It's so fun. It's so fun to just dunk on everybody all the time because you're morally superior. It's there's awesome. No short, <laughs> oh, great. There's no shortage of children's books yeah. out there and children's authors. I'm sure, like you said, there are probably classics waiting to be yeah, that we just don't dipped know about. into. Because so much of the shelf is Dr. Seuss. It has been for 70 years. I keep The, the years keep changing. Like it's been around for 800 years. Otis the Tractor books. I think those are really classic. 
I don't know if you're familiar with those. Mm, I like really the track beautiful illustrations. So there's opportunity out there, I think, to fill some gaps with more modern huh. takes. I get mad at the cat in the hat, too. Yeah, I never liked how just the like inclination of like, maybe we shouldn't do this, just gets bulldozed out of the way while this guy destroys everything. And it leaves this... He's the bad angel on your shoulder. And it leaves this notion, and then it all wraps up neatly because it just all magic... Like, you can destroy everything in the house. And then, with a wink, the cat and the hat and <laughs> thing one and thing two will just restore everything before mom gets home and you won't get in trouble. Right. That's a terrible message. It's terrible. He's an it's asshole. It's annoying. And I... Anytime someone's trying to be <laughs> a little... It's called the cat... And the, uh, <laughs> shots fired! The shots cat fired. <laughs> Hashtag... Um, our next guest is the cat in the hat, so you guys can hash it out. They spot me while I play as a fly enthusiasm aimed at your end. Different scan the floor for one tap into a bobbin hand. Every signal coming back on the same man for Rick and Frequency Wavelength. How's reception connection? Don't flip the dial, that's your performance. It's commercial free. It's commercial free. One thing for sale up here is me and my CD. You're free to catch up on all times at the top of your lungs. Got a mic and I can turn it up, but I can't turn you down. Got a mic, what I need's a new remote. I'm point and click, point and click, flip around for a little more appreciation from the crowd participation. Would it be too much entirely to expect a little respect? Would it be too much entirely? What if what the say is true? Less is more. 